Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Job 2 called Skin for Skin. I want to remind you, those of you studying the Bible and kind of forming your theology, that you understand that the Bible clearly declares that Job was a good man. There is nothing the Bible says that came at Job because it was his fault, because he didn't honor God, or he had had some secret sin in his life. If you ever hear somebody say that to try to prove a point that bad things only happen when you lack something or you don't have enough faith or whatever, don't buy it. The Bible debunks that. Emphatically, the Bible is saying that Job was a very upright man, a blameless man. There was something else going on. And the incitement was to ruin him without cause or destroy him without reason. There was no reason. There was no reason, no wrong that Job had done why this calamity happened to him. And can I just say to you that we need to be careful when we don't understand something that we don't do the blame game and make it to the man in the mirror. Because here's what we sometimes do. If we don't blame God, then what do we start to do? We start to blame ourselves. And it's something like this. Have you ever said this before? What did I do to deserve this? And we usually don't say it once, right? What did I do to, what did I do to deserve this? And sometimes we've met the enemy and it is us. And we took the gun, pointed it at our foot, and shot it. The smoking gun was in our hand. Now, if you did that, then you are to blame. (laughs) But God still has grace for you even if you did that because we've all probably shot ourselves in the foot maybe multiple times. But not everything in life is because you did something wrong. Sometimes, please hear what I'm about to say, Sometimes what comes at you is simply a test. And God does test his people. God tested Abraham in Genesis 22. And Abraham was a good man. Sometimes tests come your way. God is in the business of testing. You might say, why does he do that? To grow you. Because he knows that unless he stretches you and tests you, your faith won't increase. It's easy just to kick back when everything is just going calmly and easy in life. And Job went through a test, and that's what it was. It was a test, and it was bigger than just Job. It wasn't just about Job. It's about all of us who read his story. And it's more than just humans. Job's witness is even to angels. Because the fallen angel who leads a rebellion of fallen angels watched Job pass the test and did not believe that Job would be a man of integrity. He said, he'll curse you to your face. I know it. God said, okay, let's see. Did he? No. 
Satan, you lose. You're wrong. But see, that was Satan's view of the best of God's people, that they would only worship, they would only honor him when the blessings were rolling in. And Job proved even that angelic being wrong. Job literally continued to hold tenaciously to his integrity. A man or a woman who hold to their integrity do what's right despite the circumstances. You might want to write that down. A man or woman of integrity will do what's right despite the circumstances. Situational ethics don't work. You want to be a consistent man or woman no matter the situation. You believe what you believe no matter what your coworkers are saying, no matter what way the cultural winds are blowing. If you know that you have stood on the bedrock of God's word, why would you change just because the cultural winds are blowing this way or that way? Believe me, they're going to change again and again and again as long as man is on this planet. So you have to decide that you're going to be a man or a woman of integrity no matter what happens. Somebody's put it this way. Integrity is being the same on the inside as you are on the outside. And so the Lord is obviously pleased with Job and his character because he begins to boast on him again. He says, look, consider my servant Job. You incited me against him. And this means that God is ultimately responsible for Job's test, not Satan, God had to allow it. God allowed Satan to have this uh, opportunity to tempt Job. And remember, Satan wants to tempt. God simply wants to test. Sometimes Satan is that tool. The test against Job had been brutally executed, as attested by the verb to ruin him without a cause. It literally does mean to swallow him. But Satan was wrong about Job. Job did not curse God. He blessed him. And Satan answered the Lord and said, ha, 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 not done yet. Skin for skin. Yes, all that a man has, he will give for his life. Now, Satan did not respond to, have you considered my servant Job, how he's upright, how he holds his integrity? Satan's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, let's move on from that. See, he doesn't want to admit he's wrong. He doesn't want to say he's wrong. He just wants to move on to yet another challenge, even though he's proven wrong. And Satan says, skin for skin, yes, all that a man has, he will give for his life. The origin of the proverb, skin for skin, is disputed. Some think, from reading from a study Bible, it originated from the practice of bartering for animal skins. Others believe that the phrase is similar to life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. In the last half of the verse, Satan charges that Job would be willing to lose his possessions, note it, or even his family, as long as his life was spared. And that appears to be the essence of the proverb. Read it again. Skin for skin, yes, all that a man has, he will give for his life. See, self-preservation is now what's on the table. Yeah, you took everything away. Yes, he lost his children. Yes, he lost his possessions. Yes, he lost some of his servants and his livestock and his estate. But you haven't touched him yet. If his life is on the line, well, that's a different matter altogether. Here's what Satan is saying. Man is selfish. He will give anyone or anything as long as he protects his own life. All other things are dispensable to man. 
Satan is still accusing Job of being like all other men. He is saying he hasn't truly been tested until his very health and his very life are at stake. Then he will give anything for his life. I hope that you can begin to see that we've, when we call this series the problem of evil and the power of the gospel, that the gospel begins to illuminate in the pages of the book of Job. Because the gospel of Jesus Christ says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, so we ought to lay down our lives for one another. We should esteem Philippians to others as more important than ourselves. We should have this attitude in ourselves that was also in Christ Jesus, who, though in very nature God, made himself nothing of no reputation. He became a man. He came as a man. He died on the cross for us. Self-giving, self-sacrificing love thwarts the enemy's plots every single time. But before we move on from here, I not only want you to see the gospel against the problem of evil, but I want you to see a solution for every time the enemy attacks you. This may be the most important moment in this sermon, so please hear what I'm about to say. Satan thrives in environments of pride and selfishness. It is what he is banking on. And you can bank on this, that virtually every test in this life that you face, you will have to fight away your pride and fight away your self-centeredness. But when Christ's love is there, when his power is present, there's no need for law and the enemy has no place to work because he works best in the environment of pride and selfishness because he knows it so well. Because that's why he fell in the first place. That's what he knows. And he believes that there's a whole train of others like him. And do you know what? He's right. And that is why we have so many disasters in the world that we have. Because in those environments, Satan has flourished. If he can appeal to your pride, your self-centeredness, your selfishness, I'm not going to lay down my rights. I'm not going to, uh, I'm, I'm going to win this argument. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And Satan loves that because he dangles the carrot and says, good, yeah, good for you. And all of a sudden, you've taken the bite and you may have won an argument, but you lost the war. This is how he works. This is what he's banking on. And even in Job's case, he's saying, look, all you got to do is let me get at him, his health and his life, and he'll curse you. Put forth, verse 5, your hand now. Touch his bone. Touch his flesh. The bone was the idea of where a lot of sicknesses in the ancient world were started or landed Touch his bone, his flesh. And what does Satan say? He'll curse thee to thy face. Satan responds to the Lord, commending Job. Doesn't acknowledge Job's integrity. He lives in denial, apparently. And now he just says, wait a minute. This is what you need to do. Skin for skin. As soon as it's about him, as soon as it's about his health and his life, as soon as you let me at him, oh, he's going to curse you to your face. The psalmist says in Psalm 51:8, Make me to hear joy and gladness. Let the bones which thou hast broken rejoice. 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Producer Rob Newton here, and on behalf of Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team, thank you so much to our financial and prayer partners. Whether you have given a one-time donation or you have become a monthly partner, you have contributed to our mission to reach out with God's truth to all people and helping listeners like you apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You've heard that before, right? Well, we mean it. Thanks to our financial partners, we have added three new radio stations this year. Our prayer is to bless our new listeners the way we have hopefully been a blessing to you. If you're a longtime listener, would you please consider becoming a $5 a month partner? That may not seem like much, but every little bit makes it possible for us to continue our broadcasts, podcasts, and free apologetic events. Please become a partner giving at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. Put forth, verse 5, your hand now. Touch his bone. Touch his flesh. The bone was the idea of where a lot of sicknesses in the ancient world were started or landed. Touch his bone, his flesh. And what does Satan say? He'll curse thee to thy face. Satan responds to the Lord, commending Job, doesn't acknowledge Job's integrity. He lives in denial, apparently. And now he just says, wait a minute. This is what you need to do. Skin for skin. As soon as it's about him, as soon as it's about his health and his life, as soon as you let me at him, oh, he's going to curse you to your face. The psalmist says in Psalm 51, 8, make me to hear joy and gladness. Let the bones which thou hast broken rejoice. David writing Psalm 32 says, your hand was heavy upon me. Oftentimes when we feel sick, we feel it in our very bones. Sometimes we ache and we hurt. And there's sicknesses that, you know, we sometimes say, man, my bones are aching. Stretch out your hand and strike his flesh and bones and he'll surely curse you to your face, NIV. So Satan has essentially guaranteed what Job will do if, if personally afflicted. And so the Lord said to Satan, shockingly, <laughs> you kind of don't want to read this verse, but here it is. Behold, he is in your power. Only, and again, God draws the boundary, only spare his life. But he is in your power. Now, I could say that the Lord rejects Satan's reasoning, but he allows Job into Satan's power. If you were writing the story, would you stop here? Would you say to Satan in the story, enough is enough, how much can one man take? But no, God opens the door to Satan again to let him at Job, and now it is very person. The only boundary is he can't kill Job but Satan would like to. 
He would love to destroy Job. Do you guys remember the man who had the legion of demons? Uh, he met Jesus there on the other side of the shore. And he was, there was another with him, but one of the gospels, uh, at least one of the gospels, just focuses on the one man. And remember, he's shrieking and howling at night, and he lives among the tombs. He lives among the dead, and he cuts himself with stones and, and rocks, and he's just, he's just got a marred image. And those who are experts in this field say that when it comes to demonic possession or the work of the devil in a human's life, when the door is open, what he wants to do is destroy not only the image of God in you, but to take your very life, to destroy you, to drink you down. You can see his work early on in the Bible. You can see his work with Cain and Abel and many, many others. And so here's the trial that comes at Job. The power is now given to Satan, except for taking his life. Jesus, when he's in the garden, the chief priests, the officers, the temple uh, of the temple, the elders came against him. Jesus said, have you come out with swords and clubs as against a robber? Luke 22, 52, 53. While I was with you daily in the temple, you did not lay hands on me. But this hour and the power of darkness are yours. Interestingly enough, Jesus was... Uh, the power of darkness was allowed access to him to take him in the Garden of Gethsemane, the power of darkness, this hour of darkness is yours, and to take him all the way where? To a cross, and he died on that cross. Now, we know ultimately that was God's will, right? God allowed him to die on that cross to triumph over principalities and powers, but Satan was the tool possessing Judas Iscariot, leading the, the group into the garden to take Jesus and then to crucify him. And Satan was behind that in this sense of possessing Judas and so forth. And so there's an interesting kind of intersection here with the ultimate will of God and Satan working as well. And into Job's life, Satan is going to have full reign except for being able to kill him. Another test, another trial. I wrote this in my notes, something to ponder. What would happen if you and I started to consider every trial as an opportunity to pass a test and turn complaining and questioning into thanksgiving, blessing, and prayer? What if you and I, and I'll put the emphasis on me, and I have to tell you, this week I tried it. <laughs> it's a whole turn of events when you do this because, you know, you can find yourself, uh, you, you, you might be saying, I'm growing in these areas and I'm doing pretty well in my walk and I'm going to Bible studies and I'm praying and I'm putting on worship music more than secular music or whatever, whatever those things are for you. But sometimes when we're going through the difficulties of life and they may have stacked one upon another, for you, it's my internal voice that I have to fight. Anybody else out there? It, it, so it's not so much, you know, what I always say on the outside, but it's some of my inner complaining that goes on. I don't know why. It's that, that 
self-talk that needs no interpretation. That's why I'm giving you just the voice you can't understand. Because I'm sure you can fill in your own blanks. And that's just usually like a 10-second span. So I was, I was in my house the other day, and I went, you know what? Stop it! You ever, ever done that to yourself? Stop it! All right. Lord, I'm going to pray for five other people that I know are probably struggling right now. All right. I'm going to start giving you thanks because that the door wouldn't be broken if I didn't have a house. And this wouldn't be happening if I didn't have children. And thank you for the children. <laughs> Did you hear that in another room? <laughs> and then... And I want to thank you for, and I, and I started to try to do these turnarounds, right? Instead of whining and complaining about this, I started giving God thanks for the fact that it's even a possibility that it could exist in my life because I have this and that's why this springs from that. And thank you, Lord. And thank you, Lord. And I pray for this person, Lord. And I, and I pray for this other person, Lord. And, and I'm praying for her and him and who and her, And Wow. I think the devil went, we got to get out of here. <laughs> hmm. See, 1 Peter 1, 6 says, In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been distressed by various trials. Sometimes various trials are necessary. Why? Because God has a divine purpose. Sometimes when you're going through something, it's not about you at all. What? But the world tells me it's all about me. In fact, maybe Job's whole situation was not about him at all. Maybe it was about something much bigger. And imagine being Job. You don't have the information about what's been going on in heaven. All you are is down here on the earth trying to figure out what happened. What'd you do wrong? What happened to your stuff? Your family? You've been listening to Skin for Skin, Part 2 on Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael's teaching in Job, Chapter 2. If you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I just wanted to let you know that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Thanks to listeners and church partners like you, we're now on three more radio stations. So praise God. Your financial gifts help us broadcast on radio, do the podcast, and our free apologetic events throughout the year. If you're a longtime listener, please become a partner of at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Now, here's Pastor Michael with a word. Well, sometimes people say, you know, if God is sovereign and I'm suffering, for example, if I have cancer or, you know, some malady where it's a, it's a serious diagnosis, is this just simply a test from God? Well, not necessarily. And I think we need to be careful that even though we know God is sovereign, he is not behind every uh, disease. He doesn't cause it per se. Let me give you the example. 
the disciples walk by a man born blind, and they say, Lord, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born this way? Certainly, they had to do some sort of wrong for him to be born blind. And Jesus said, no, neither him nor his parents sinned. This has been done that the glory of God might be manifest in this man. And, you know, I think of Nick Vujicic, no arms and no legs, Johnny Erickson Tata. Has God exploited that difficult situation for his glory? Yes. And that's, I think, what we need to think about. We don't need to figure out if God is using this as a test because we may not be able to always answer that question, but here's what we know. God can be glorified through it. He can reach others through it. And I even heard one pastor say, don't waste the opportunity. And I know that's even a hard thought, but... You know, if we're going through something, maybe it'll cause us to pray harder for others, to have more compassion. You know, there's a lot there. But I don't think we need to figure out or tell people, hey, this is simply a test. I think we need to be careful. We live in a fallen world, and some things just happen because we're in a fallen world. But God is good, and he can exploit it for good purposes. Well, hey, if you haven't been in church for a while, I'd like to invite you to Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, where I serve as senior pastor. We do a single 10 a.m. service for right now. We we went down to one to bring the whole church together. It's been awesome and exciting, and we'd love for you to come out. Sundays at 10 a.m., we also live stream the service on our YouTube channel. We're at 1009 Arsenal Way in Corona, right off the 91 and Lincoln Avenue. You get driving directions when you download the Living Truth app in your app store. Come on out. I'd love to meet you, spend some time with you. Seeking the Lord together would be awesome. God bless you. We'll see you very soon. And join us Monday for the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Job 2 called Skin for Skin. I'm Mike Massaro. Hey, have an awesome weekend. And thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.